Hey there, mama. You're listening to the Lift the Shame podcast. I'm your host, Crystal, mama of five and your family's intuitive eating dietitian, here to help you cut through the diet culture clutter so you can enjoy freedom with food as a family. I'm on a mission to help you end the generational legacy of diet culture in your home so you can experience motherhood free from food guilt and body shame. Listen in weekly for guidance on how you can ditch diet culture, heal your relationship with food in your body, and confidently raise intuitive eaters. Let's dive in and lift the shame together. I'll never forget the first time that our pediatrician made a remark to me about my daughter's body size. And honestly, it's things like that that will stick in your head. And this is something that really opened my eyes to help me realize that the pediatrician's office was potentially going to become a place where there would be minefields of triggers for food shaming and body shaming. And I had to learn really early on that in order to protect my kids from those potential encounters that they might have, I had to start advocating for them early. This is something that I'm realizing that a lot of parents are navigating. And especially if you are in eating disorder recovery, or you have a history of an eating disorder, this is something really important to be aware of. Because by default, your child is at an increased risk because of the family history that's there. And so many moms that I've worked with, so many moms that I've talked to who are in recovery, can remember a comment that their provider, that their doctor, that healthcare professional made to them growing up about their body size. And it's little comments like that. They might seem really subtle. They might seem well-intended, but they can get seated in someone's memory. And these are things that can start to internalize shame around our bodies. Unfortunately, things haven't changed a whole lot. I know I'm generalizing a little bit. There is more awareness, and I'm going to talk a little bit about some of the things that we are seeing in terms of what's changing in the medical field. But generally, you should expect that if you go into your well check visits, that you may encounter questioning around how you feed your child, around your child's activity level. And again, all of these are well-intentioned questions to help our providers gauge our child's health. But because we live in a society that is fat phobic and very weight centric, oftentimes growth charts are at the front and center of our child's appointments. And oftentimes there's casual comments made about where our kids are on the growth charts without any real explanation for the parent from the provider. And so you can imagine that this can leave parents feeling really confused about their child's health. What I see is that, unfortunately, a lot of misinterpretation is being made around a child's health because of their growth size or because of what their BMI is calculated. Now, I'm going to have to do a whole nother podcast episode on BMI and all the problematic issues with that. But for today, I just wanted to address how you can help prevent body shaming or weight shaming or food shaming from happening in your next pediatrician's visit with your child. And I will say, even as a dietitian that holds a lot of privilege, 
I've still had some really intense and painful conversations with our pediatrician and our providers throughout my journey of being a mother. Wherever you might be, this might be an issue that you're going to be encountering, whether you have a brand new baby or you have older children, you have teens or anywhere in between. You will likely at some point encounter questioning in the doctor's office around your child's body size. And I've experienced this on both ends of the spectrum. So for example, my youngest who happens to be off the growth charts, so she's on her own curve beyond what the growth charts provide. I had lengthy conversations with my pediatrician who assumed that I would just let her eat whatever she wanted, whenever she wanted, and getting a lot of questions around, how are you feeding her? And also, I experienced this kind of on the other side of the spectrum with my son, who happens to be in in a smaller body and getting a lot of questions about how I'm feeding him. Well, are you feeding this kid? Is he getting enough to eat? And a lot of assumptions that can make us feel really terrible as a parent where we're suddenly being pinned in a corner and feeling like we're the sole responsible person for the outcome of our child's body size, which again, our child's body size is often being scrutinized as a marker of their health without looking at the big picture of what's going on or without even questioning broadly like, how is he doing? How is he sleeping? How is he engaging at school? And looking at the big picture of health outside of just body size. This has been something that I've been seeing more and more and really just wanting to give you some tools that you can use practically to help protect your kids and also just to protect your own sanity. I know as a parent that it doesn't feel good to be questioned about how you're feeding your kids or or what you're feeding them or are you doing a good enough job? All of these questions around our child's body size can feel really harsh and really critical and cause a lot of doubt as a parent if we're doing the right thing for our kids. And I will say to you that especially if you are following a framework of feeding in order to support your kids in building a healthy relationship with food, some providers may not necessarily understand what that is or why you're doing things that you're doing. And again, to be questioned around that can feel you know, like it can bring up just a lot of doubt and concern. Am I doing the right thing? I've talked with so many parents who are dealing with this and really just want to help walk you through this. One of the biggest concerns here is that, again, there's a strong link and connection between body shaming and eating disorder development. What we've actually seen from studies is that body shame has the strongest relationship to eating problems and does present as one of the strongest eating disorder risk factors in children. Again, these risks are even higher in kids who have a history of eating disorders in their family. So if you have had an eating disorder This is even more important for you to pay attention to. Now, it doesn't mean that your child is guaranteed to have the same struggle that you did. That's not what I'm saying here at all. It is just important to be aware that because of the strong genetic component that we do see with eating disorders, if there's a family history, that does put your child at an increased risk. The great news is that there's a lot of different ways that you can help lower that risk and decreasing incidence of body shaming is going to be one of those protective factors. I know we can't do that 
in every situation for our kids. And we'll talk about in future episodes, just ways to make your child impervious to some of the comments that they may hear. But it's important to remember that in a doctor's office with a healthcare provider, oftentimes there feels like an imbalance of power in that room simply because it's a doctor-patient relationship. It's really important to be able to know how to navigate that because comments that your provider may be making to you or in front of your child about their body size are going to be weighed more heavily and taken more seriously. And so we really want to try to prevent those situations from happening. Now, do you want to give credit where credit is due? And the American Academy of Pediatrics has actually made some changes and recommendations based on the research that we're seeing in terms of how weight shaming can increase risk of eating disorders. And especially since the pandemic, we've seen eating disorders surging in children and adolescents. You know, it's good to see how some of these organizations are stepping up and making recommendations to prevent these situations from happening. And actually, this is back in 2016 that the AAP did release a statement outlining to their pediatricians and recommending that weight language is avoided in healthcare appointments. So during those well check visits or whenever you're going in to see the doctor, they are recommending that weight-based language be avoided. That is with the understanding that it is creating more harm than good. So really glad to see that. Though I do have to say, again, it is taking some providers to catch up to these recommendations, even though it's been several years since these recommendations have been put out there it doesn't necessarily mean that that's the new norm. Okay. And because of that, again, you want to assume, you just want to assume when you go into that appointment that your doctor may make your child's weight or growth chart the front and center of that appointment. You're erring on the side of caution. I do want to acknowledge that there are some amazing providers out there who are operating from a health at every size, perspective and who are doing a great job in terms of avoiding any type of weight shaming language in our kids' appointments. So that is fantastic. And I do want to acknowledge the providers that are out there. And if you have a provider like that, I'm so glad for you. That is huge. And that is a big, a big accomplishment in itself. But again, you don't want to always go into your appointments assuming that that's the case. Because of that, I want to give you three steps that you can take to help minimize or prevent body shaming from happening at your child's appointment. And I will say that this is applicable regardless of age. I know some parents wonder, like, when should I start doing this? And honestly, I remember my providers having conversations about my child's body and weight size from really little. So even like around one, two years old, they're starting to notice and mention where the child's growth is on the growth chart or what percentile they're at. And this can be so unnerving. And even if you feel like your child doesn't understand, 
our kids totally pick up on our energy and our anxiety. And so if you're feeling anxious at that appointment and you're feeling concerned and you're not sure what to say or how to navigate it, I guarantee that your child will pick up on that. In my opinion, it's never too early to start this process and to set the precedent with your provider, especially if this is a provider that you're planning on working with for a long time. You want them to know where you stand and what's important to you. And honestly, I think this is an important practice to also kind of vet your provider and see, is your provider in alignment with what you value as a parent? And this can be a helpful way to do that. Because if not, at least you're finding out sooner than later and maybe can start the process of trying to find a different provider. Here are three easy steps that you can take to help you minimize weight shaming from happening at your child's well check visit. And they all start with C. (laughs) I'm a big fan of alliteration. So we'll probably see and hear a lot of those on the podcast. The first step here is just to make an attempt to connect with your provider. Okay, so connect. That's the first step. Now, this can be easier said than done. Sometimes depending on the type of insurance that you have or the health care system that you're in, it may or may not be feasible to make direct contact with your provider ahead of your appointment. Some providers and some offices make it super simple. You just send literally a message through your electronic medical system. Other like smaller smaller offices have an option where you can call and leave a voicemail for your provider that you know your doctor will hear and check. It really just depends. So if you aren't sure how to get in touch with your provider, I recommend calling the office directly and just asking what is the best way to relay a concern or a message to your child's doctor ahead of your visit. It's really important to just be thinking about this before you're even going in. What I have found from my experience is that it requires several touch points with your provider for your concerns to be addressed sometimes. And so you know, it's really important to think about how can I make that initial connection before I even go in. So definitely try to contact or connect with them ahead of the appointment if possible. The next step here is communicate. You want to communicate what your requests are and what are those requests. The main thing here is that you want your provider to understand that you do not want any discussion of your child's weight, growth charts, or diets at their appointment while your child is present. So this is really important to relay. A lot of providers are just used to doing this as part of the routine well check visit. It's like part of their checklist. Hearing that from you is going to be really important. And it's as simple as sending a message, leaving a a voicemail and letting them know when you come in on said date for your child's and, and then make sure you say your child's name, appointment, I'm requesting that there is no discussion of weight or their growth charts or diets in front of them, especially while they're present. You can also mention here that should your doctor have concerns about their weight or their growth or how they're eating, that you're happy to address those with them privately without your child present. So again, really important to verbalize these requests ahead of time. Okay. 
The third step here is in addition to the first two steps, you want to capture, capture your requests in a written letter. So I learned this the hard way (laughs) when I did make the effort to communicate with my provider ahead of time. There was acknowledgement and receipt of my request that I sent via their electronic medical system. And I thought, great, okay, we're on the same page. My doctor knows where I stand. I'm ready to do this. And sure enough, talk and conversation around my daughter's growth chart came up at her well check visit. And of course, as you can imagine, (laughs) I was mortified and really upset. And I understand now looking back that, look, like our providers, our pediatricians are doing the best they can with the information and resources they have. The medical system is overburdened and that there's not enough providers and they don't get a lot of time with our kids. You know, they have a short amount of time. They have a lot that they have to go through. And I want to give them credit. I know they're doing the best that they can. And sometimes they might have read something, but then they forget when they come into your child's appointment if it's not in their chart. They're seeing a lot of patients all day long. And so I don't, we don't want to rely on the fact that we communicated ahead of time as a simple way of preventing conversation around weight or diets happening in the appointment itself. So what I started doing was actually writing a letter. I would just type it out in addition to communicating with them ahead of the appointment. And what I would do is basically hand that that letter to them directly as soon as they come into the office to have the well check appointment with my child. I'll just directly hand it to them in front of my child and, you know, they have a chance to read it. It's really short and concise. And so, you know, I just like to put bullet points of what I'm reminding them of my requests that I don't want any conversation around weight or growth charts happening at that appointment and to please address any concerns around that with me privately. It's all laid out in that letter as soon as they come in. That really just helps catch you know, your provider on the spot. So it's fresh in their mind. They know exactly what you're asking. And then they can start to proceed with the actual well check visit. And that can be really helpful too. I actually have a script that I've been using that I've just basically copy and paste for each child and just customize it to my child's name. But being a mom myself that does have an eating disorder history, I know I need to advocate for my kids. And because we're in a healthcare system that does still very much center weight as a big part of health, you know, I have to advocate for them. You are able to download a copy of this script in the show notes. I'll put a link in there for you if you would like to have a copy of that that you can customize for your own child. But basically, you're just asking your provider and stating your request. I have found with the written letter, I have found that to be super effective where, you know, our providers jump on board. I do usually include a small blurb in the letter that says, we do have a family history of eating disorders, which are among the deadliest of mental illnesses. And we're taking every precaution possible to support our kids in building a positive relationship with food. And in effort to do that, we are trying to avoid any conversations that center our child's weight body size or eating behaviors. And again, I'll have that laid out for you in a script that you can copy for yourself if you want to make a letter that you can take to your doctor's office. But this is a really effective tool. And handing it right to your provider can really help prevent those conversations from happening in the appointment itself. And 
I know all these efforts are going to be helpful in preventing, you know, a lot of the comments that I heard growing up at my doctor's visits that honestly are still seated in my memory. And I don't want my kids to hear the same thing. We can't prevent our kids from hearing body shaming comments in other areas or other avenues. What we can do, though, is minimize it where we can. And the doctor's office where your child is probably going to be going at least once a year for those well-checked visits, maybe even more frequently, it's really helpful to be able to communicate these concerns with your providers so that they're not encountering weight shaming from happening in those appointments. Now, I want to touch on just one more thing. Well, a couple things here. So first, I just want to address that if you hold a marginalized identity, or if you yourself have been a victim of medical trauma or weight stigma or bullying in the medical system, or have had a challenging experience with your providers in the past, this may be much harder to walk through. And I acknowledge that it's hard. I just want to also acknowledge that you may not have the capacity to advocate for your child, you know, for whatever reason. Sometimes as moms, like we can only do so much. And even though we want to be able to help our kids, we may not have the mental energy that's required to be able to walk through these things. And so, you know, I just want to encourage you to reach out to someone who might be able to help you and navigate some of those appointments that can be really tricky, especially if you've had those challenging encounters in the past. You don't have to do this alone. Getting someone on board, you know, asking your partner to help you or another caregiver in your child's life, you know, who can maybe go to appointments with you and support you through them, that can be a way to help navigate them. And really, that's why I have found that writing a letter in advance can be really helpful because sometimes when you're on the spot and you're trying to rely on what's in your memory bank to talk to your pediatrician or to talk to your doctor, that can be a lot more challenging. And so writing out your thoughts and making sure it's written and it's articulated before you go in there can really help help you get through those appointments, especially if they are more challenging for you. And lastly, I do just want to mention that your doctor may want to have a conversation with you privately about your child's weight or growth or asking you questions about their food intake. And those can be really hard too. They may honor your request. They may not bring it up during the actual appointment, but they may give you a call later or, you know, talk to you privately in the hallway and just say, hey, you know, I'm really concerned about how much weight your child's gained since I've last seen them or where they are on their growth charts. And that can be a really hard conversation too. This is where it's really important to just remember that where your child is on the growth chart is not an indicator of their overall health. And I will be talking more about this in terms of understanding just all the different factors that play a role in our child's health. But BMI is not one of them. BMI wasn't even designed or created for kids. So it really infuriates me to no end that we continue to use this as a tool in well-checked visits for our kids. It's really unfortunate when providers are making assumptions about our kids based on a faulty equation that was never meant for them to begin with. But again, whole different story there. 
In the meantime, I just want you to be encouraged. Where your child is on their growth chart is not a marker or an indicator of their overall health and wellness. And if for any reason your doctor or your pediatrician is recommending a diet or a weight loss diet for your child, that is a huge red flag. It's really important to remember that studies show that dieting in children is the number one predictor of new eating disorders in children and adolescents. And this risk, again, is elevated for kids that have a family history of eating disorders. So if your doctor is making that recommendation, I know that can be really upsetting. And I just want to encourage you, you don't have to listen to it. You don't have to take that advice. You can leave it on the table. You can you can let your doctor know that you are doing everything possible to ensure that your child is having a healthy relationship with food in their body and dieting will not be part of that equation and will not be part of your household. I do have a blog. I'll link in the show notes for you just about healthy habits that you can focus on that don't involve dieting for your kids. Honestly, there are so many things that we can do to help support them again, to feel good about food and their bodies and to make sure that they are overall, not just physically, but mentally in the best state possible. And there's so many things that we can do that do not involve dieting. And really, it drives me bananas that providers are still throwing diet cards on the table, especially for kids, giving all the evidence out there that's showing the risks associated with dieting. So if that happens, I just want you to know it's not something that you have to take literally or entertain in any way whatsoever. So I hope this has helped you. I know at the time of me recording this. We're still in the middle of summer, but back to school season is around the corner. A lot of parents are getting their kids in for their well check visits before a new school year starts. I know I am. And so I want you to be prepared to do whatever you can possible to help minimize any weight shaming from happening at your next pediatrician visit with your child. Make sure to let me know if you have any questions, comments about this. You can always connect with me on Instagram at Crystal Cargus and send me a DM and let me know what thoughts you have about this. I would love to hear from you. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Lift the Shame podcast. For more tips and guidance on your motherhood journey, come connect with me on Instagram at Crystal Cargus. Until next week, mama, I'll be cheering you on. Bye for now.